Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for November 8th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I started the year with a series on the miracles of Jesus, and that was a blessing. And now we're doing the parables of Jesus. This is part 95 of the parables, of part 95. And we still have a lot more parables to go. Let's, let's see what God does with this, you know, between now and the end of the year. But we're dealing right now with the parable of the, of the Good Samaritan. And uh, as we're looking at this parable, we're learning so, so many things about us and, and our responsibilities and how we're supposed to have empathy and compassion. Empathy, I feel for that person. I put my myself in their shoes, but then compassion, I'm actually compelled to do something about it. If you missed yesterday's message, you should go back and watch 94 because, oh my God, that message was so powerful. I want you to open up your heart now to receive the title of today's message is Courageous Love. Put in the chat, I operate in courageous Love. Get ready for the word. Courageous love. All right. So as we get into the message for this morning, let me start with a scripture we've been looking at all year. Psalms 126 and verse four. This scripture is really dealing with the fact that at our church, we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So if you have any area of your life that is dried up, this is a season where the Lord is going to breathe on you and refresh you and restore you. Say amen to that. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, do it again. Restore us to the form of glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So what we want is no dry areas for me. Put that put in the chat, no dry areas for me. All right, you ready? This is the parable we've been looking at. Jesus uh, is dealing with somebody that's lawyer in Luke chapter 10. So the Bible says, an expert of the law, a lawyer, came up to Jesus to test Jesus. Come on, how arrogant do you need to be to test Jesus? He said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said, well, you know what's written in the law, right? And wh what do you get out of it? And the man said, well, I... I mean, I, what I get out of it is that you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus said, well, that's a good answer. Do that and you'll have eternal life. But the man wanted to show that he was living right. And he knew that he wasn't extending love to everybody. He was a Jew. He was extending love to Jews. So he says to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? Like, let's clarify Who's my neighbor? Because I'm not doing this for everybody. I'm doing this, you know, for my neighbor, like the people that look like me, the people that I connect with, the people that I'm cool with. That's I'm loving them. Who's my neighbor? To answer this question, Jesus said, well, let me tell you a story. There was a man going down from the road from Jerusalem to, Je to Jericho. You know that that road is kind of dangerous. Some robbers came and they beat the man down. They tore off his clothes. They took all his money. They left him there at the point of death. He was almost dying. And it happened that a Jewish priest was walking down the road. Thank God a priest showed up, right? This man needs help. Here comes the priest. Surely the priest is going to do something about it. But, but then Jesus said when the priest saw him, he didn't stop to help him. He saw him, but he didn't do anything. He just walked away. Okay, well, then came a Levite. Oh, surely a Levite is going to do something about it, right? He saw the hurt man, but the Levite, the text says, went around him. He had to physically walk around them. He didn't help him either. Then came a Samaritan. Oh, Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. This man on the ground is a Jew. This Samaritan is coming as his enemy. 
there's no way the Samaritan is going to help, right? But then the Samaritan saw him and he had compassion. So the Samaritan went and began to clean up his wounds and put cloth on top of the wounds. And the Samaritan had a donkey. So he put the man on the donkey and took the man to the local, the closest hotel, the inn. And while he was in the hotel, he started to care for the man. And the next day, the Samaritan went to the front desk and left some money and said, listen, there's a man over there. This is the Rick Pena version. There's a man over there in room 12. I was taking care of him all night, but now I got to go. I need you to do me a favor. Look, here's some money. Take care of the man. Just take care of whatever he needs. I need you to take care of it. And if this is not enough money, then when I come back, just tell me what the bill is. I got you. I want to take care of this man and I'm going to pay for everything. It's like, okay, cool. Then Jesus said, which one of these men do you think was a neighbor to the man that was hurting? And the lawyer was like, well, obviously the one that helped him. And Jesus said, well, then good. Now you go out there and do the same. Because he was saying that you haven't done that. You haven't been a neighbor to somebody like a Samaritan. So he said, now you go out there and do the same. What does this mean for you today? I have two things that I'm going to share with you in this morning, just two things. But these two things, is a lot in it. I want you to open up your heart now to receive what God is about to release in your life. You ready? Two things. Number one, here we go. Love is a free gift, but it comes at a high cost. Put in the chat, there's a high cost to a free gift. Love is a free gift. You, you're supposed to give love away for free, but it comes at a high cost for you. In the actions of the Samaritan, we see a vivid picture, portrayal of the love of God that's not bound by the constraints of societal norms. So you have these norms, oh, well, Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Samaritans have no dealings with the Jews. Listen, this guy didn't care. He just wanted to be a blessing. Love is a free gift, but it costs you everything. He went out of his way at personal risk. I mean, he's exposing himself to the guy's bleeding. He's exposing himself to blood. He's, he's taking on a financial obligation. He's taking up his time. All of this stuff without any expectation of repayment and without any expectation of recognition. Nobody's around. It's not like he, this wasn't today. He didn't put it on a, on a live stream. He didn't put it on social media. He wasn't posting pictures saying, look at me, I'm helping people on Instagram. No, he didn't do none of that. He just did it. He did it even though it was inconvenient. He had to stop what he was doing, pay for a hotel, take care of this man's wound, leave money. This is the type of love, courageous love, that really demonstrates the love that God has for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter five, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us without any expectation of anything in return. We didn't do anything. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We didn't even ask Jesus to die for us. We didn't even know that we needed it. We didn't even ask Jesus to come down. The father sent his son, Jesus, to die for us while we were yet sinners. He did it simply because he loved us, because he saw us in need. He said, they need it. They didn't ask for it, but they need it. They didn't ask for it, but I know they need it. And since I know they need it, I'm going to do it. He sent his son to die in our place. The son willingly took our place on the cross when we didn't even ask for it. And while we were yet sinners, that's love. The cost of love is high. It's a high cost to this free gift. It cost Jesus everything. Jesus paid a price he did not owe. You know, a price we could not pay 
for a debt that he did not owe. He did it for us. And as his followers, we're supposed to walk in his footsteps. And we're, he was the incarnation of God. And we're supposed to be the continuation of his incarnation. We're supposed to be as Jesus is, 1 John 4 17. So are we in this world. We're supposed to show people what Jesus is like. Our lives is supposed to testify of the love of Jesus. And this is a sacrificial love, not just an emotion. No, it's demonstrated in action. Jesus didn't just have, oh, I have a heart for those people. No, Jesus did something. He died in our place. The, 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 the Samaritan didn't just say, oh, I have compassion for that man. He did something about it. The, this is the type of sacrificial love that Jesus demonstrated. It's the type of sacrificial love that the Good Samaritan demonstrated. It's the type of sacrificial love that we're supposed to demonstrate as a disciple of Jesus. Put in the chat, I am a disciple of Jesus. I, I'm supposed to demonstrate the love of God as a disciple of Jesus. It's easy to love people that love you back. It's easy. Like if, if you're just going to hang around people that look like you, if you're just going to hang around people that have like interests, like you're, you're part of the same group, you're part of the same social club, you're part of the same social status, you work at the same company, or maybe you like the same team. And you guys, if you're only going to love the people that look like you or, or, or you know, set color of your skin, you know, so same socioeconomic status, it's easy to say, oh yeah, Lord, Lord, I love my neighbor. But Jesus is saying, well, who is your neighbor? Remember, this comes in the response to the question, who is my neighbor? The gospel calls us to love everyone everywhere. And so, so are we really operating in that? I'm telling you, this is a convicting message for all of us, myself included. The man who needed help in this parable did not ask for help. The Samaritan just did it because love costs you something. It's sacrificial love. He, he was compelled to do. He, the Samaritan didn't say, help me, please. He just did it because that was the right thing to do. He did it because he could do it. And he did it because he was moved by compassion to do it. And this is how we are supposed to live. The Samaritan's actions remind us that the love of God is not passive. The love of God is active and the love of God is sacrificial. Put in the chat, the love of God is active and the love of God is sacrificial. The love of God is going to cost you something. God has never required any less than all of us. You can put that in, in the chat if you want. God has never, listen, God has never required any less than all of us. God, God the eternal life is free. What does it cost me? It costs me everything. I have to give up everything for Jesus. God has never required any less than all of me. Either God is Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. I need to give my life to God it's a free gift, eternal life. But what does it cost me? It costs me everything. It costs me my whole life. The, the actions of the Samaritan reminds us that the love of God does stuff. The love of God doesn't just say stuff. The love of God doesn't just sing stuff. The love of God has to do stuff. And even when it's inconvenient, even when it's going to cost you something, the Samaritan, it took him his time, his resources, uh, 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 and he was putting himself at the risk of like dealing with somebody like in this hotel, what if the guy wakes up swinging or whatever, all of that, this is a kind of generosity that is counter to the culture of, of, of today, not just in the United States, but around the world. There's a culture today, the what's in it for me culture. Like, you know, I, me, 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 my name is Jimmy. Give me, give me, give me. People just want stuff. This is why when I was teaching on, on money, this is why I was trying to 
like, you know, differentiate what true prosperity is not the prosperity gospel, like give me money, give me money. No, no, this is prosperity. Prosperity, like I told you, you got to have money with a mission, prosperity with a purpose. The guy had money to pay for the hotel room. The guy had money to leave it at the front desk and say, I'm going to take care of that guy. See, that's why God gives us stuff. That's why God gives us excess. If he couldn't pay his own bills, he couldn't pay for the hotel room for the guy. But God gives us an excess more than enough so that we can be a blessing. We're supposed to use, the purpose of prosperity is evangelism. It was supposed to be a blessing. God calls us to, to be in a point where we can be a blessing. God calls us to sacrificial service, not self-preservation. If the guy said, no, this is my money. I just want to keep it for me. That's self-preservation. God blesses us so that we can give it away, not hoard it up for ourselves. We want to live in such a way where we are representing the love of God every day, especially in this case where the, Samar the society of that time expected the Samaritan to hate that Jew that was on the ground. And the two Jews that passed by that were supposed to love him ignored him. But the one man that was supposed to be his enemy extended sacrificial love. That's how it's supposed to be with us. The Samaritan, his actions demonstrated the heart of God and the love of Christ. He was. This was a love that was selfless. This was a love that was bold. This is a love that was courageous. That's the type of love that we're supposed to walk with. Courageous love. A love that even if it's going to cost us something, we are de dedicated to demonstrating the love of God in this world. So the priest did not demonstrate the love that he taught. The Levite did not demonstrate the love that he was supposed to walk in, but the man that was not expected to do anything, the Samaritan, he demonstrated the love of God. And that's how it should be with us. As a believer, put in the chat, say, I choose love. I choose courageous love. In God's kingdom, let me close this first point by saying this. In God's kingdom, the love we give away is the only love we keep. Put that in the chat. The love we give away is the only real love that we keep. When we pour out the love of God towards other people, our heart is filled with love, with the love of God. Love is not love until you give it away. Put in the chat. Love is not love until you give it away. If you're saying, I, I love you like this, but you're not, I love you like this. Love is not love until you give it away. That's it. First point. I hope you got it. Let's go to point number two for today. Number two, open up your heart to receive. The evidence of faith. Put in the chat, my faith has evidence. Like, like if you were put on trial, like, you know, let's see if you're a Christian. Let's, like, let's replay your life and see if, the, if, if you are put on trial at to being convicted as a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Right? Well, can people look at your life and say, yep, that's what a Christian should do? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11 and 1. But this unseen faith is made visible through us. People get to know a God that they cannot see through his children that they see every day. That's why John said, don't tell me that you, that you love a God that you cannot see when you can't love the people that you see down here in this world. The Samaritan's response to the wounded man is a demonstration of faith in action. Put in the chat, I, I have faith in action. I have faith, not just in word, but I have faith in deed. Now, the, the priest and the Levite, they were religious in the synagogue. You know, in the synagogue, you could do all kinds of stuff. In church, ooh, girl, I know how to, 
clap on the second and fourth beat. If, if the pastor said, God is good, I said, all the time. He says, all the time, I say, God is good. I know how to respond. I know how to sing. I know the words. I go to church. I'm an usher. I know how to ush. <laughs> yeah, but when you leave the church, are you being the church? God didn't, I mean, God didn't, Jesus didn't come for a church. He came for a kingdom. The church is where we go to learn how to live out the kingdom. And so when you leave the church, are you being the church? We're supposed to live that way. We have to have faith in action. The priest and the Levite, all they had was hollow religious religiosity. They were religious. They had this religiosity, but they didn't have a relationship with, with God. So genuine faith is seen in your actions. Genuine faith is not seen in your singing. Oh, girl, I'm in the choir. Ooh, you know, no. Genuine faith is seen in your actions. Genuine faith has to be seen in the way that you live. Our faith is authenticated in the eyes of the world, not through our words, but through our actions. The world is watching and the world wants to see what a Christian looks like. This is why I've never really had a problem. Like I said, ministering to people in corporate America or in the army or anywhere, because my life is testifying of Jesus. And because people can see Jesus in me, then when I do talk about Jesus is authentic, nobody has a problem with it. But people do have a problem when somebody's at work talking about Jesus and everybody knows he's sleeping with, with, with somebody that's not his wife. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's the kind of stuff that people have a problem with. But when your audio matches your video, when you can demonstrate the love of God through not just your words, but your actions, then nobody's going to have a problem with it because you are living out an authentic testimony. The true test of our faith is not found in those moments when you're in church, in the corner, in the pew, or in a chair, worshiping God. That's not the test of your faith. The test of your faith is found in the intersections of life with real people who are really messy. When you're dealing with messy people, this is how your faith is demonstrated, living out your life with them. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2 says that our life is supposed to be a living epistle to be read of men. An epistle is a letter. So Paul wrote these letters, and the Bible saying your life is a letter. And people are reading your life. And your life is preaching louder than your words ever will. And so your life is testifying. What is it testifying of? Are you the type of Christian that goes to church on Sunday, goes to church on Wednesday? You're there in the church every time that the doors are open, but you're nasty to people. Are you the type of Christian that goes to church and you leave church in your church clothes, Sunday best, and you go to the restaurant right after church and everybody knows you just left church. They can see it, right? And you sit down and be like, oh, glory to God. Can I? And then you're nasty to the waitress. And then you don't leave a tip. And then you're, you're treating people bad right in the parking lot. Are you that type of person that has an outward facade? Your lips call out to me, but your heart is far from me. The Samaritan was not like the priest. He was not like the Levite. He just did it. And your your words are, are empty if they are not followed by actions. Your actions speak louder than your words. When we serve others, we're actually serving Christ. I'm going to read a passage to you that's going to drive home this point. This is something Jesus said in Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read verses 35 through 46. This is a lot, but I need you to listen to this. This is what the Bible says. Jesus said, then the king will return to those on his right and say, you have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that has been destined for you from before the foundations of the world. When you saw me hungry, this is Jesus speaking. When you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me to drink. 
When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poor, you clothed me, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly would answer him and say, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty? Where, when did we ever give you food or something to drink? What are you talking about? When did we ever see you without a place to stay or, and invite you in? When did we ever put clothes on you when you didn't have clothes? We don't understand. When did we ever see you sick and then care for you? When did we ever visit you in prison? I, I don't understand what you're saying, Jesus. And the king will answer and say unto them, don't you know that when you cared for the least of these, when you did it for them, for the least of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated the love for me. When you did it for them, you did it for me. Then the king will say to those on the left, depart from me. You workers of iniquity. I never even knew you. You're going into the eternal fire destined for the devil and his demons. And when you saw me hungry, you didn't give me anything to eat. When you saw me thirsty, you didn't give me any, any water to drink. And when I had no place to stay, you refused to make me your guest. When you saw me poorly clothed, you didn't open up your heart to me. When you saw that I was sick, you didn't even lift a finger to help me. And when I was in prison, you never came to visit me. And then they're going to say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or uh, hungry uh, with food? When, when, what are you talking about? I never saw you homeless. I never saw you poorly clothed. I never saw you sick. I never saw you in prison. He said, no, no, no. When you refuse to help them, the least of these, you refuse to help me. You refuse to honor me. And then they will depart from his presence into eternal punishment. But the godly, his beloved sheep will enter into eternal bliss. I know this is not something people talk about today, right? People want to hear God is going to bless you. People want to hear money cometh to me now. Hallelujah. But this is in the Bible, y'all. When I'm teaching stuff, I can't, I can't skip around stuff. I'm, I have to teach you what the text says. Take it or, or not. You take it or leave. At the end of the day, you, get, you, you don't have to like it, but th that's what the, the Bible says. When you do it for the least of these, you're doing it for him. This is the heart of the gospel. That's enough for today. I've given you enough. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Father... This is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare that I stand before you declaring my commitment to love others as you have loved me. I acknowledge that true love will come at a high cost, like the price you paid on the cross. So I choose to walk in the footsteps of your son, extending your love freely without any expectation of repayment or recognition. I declare that my faith will not be hidden and it will not be silent. It will be seen in my actions. It will be heard in my words and it will be felt in my compassion. I will not pass by those in need. Instead, I will be your hands and feet in this world. I commit to living courageously, to giving generously, and to, to living sacrifi uh, sacrificially. I will not let fear hold me back from being a beacon of your love. I will serve the least of these. And in so doing, I'm serving you. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. 
I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. Listen, if you're not getting my notes, you get my notes for free. Why not sign up? Get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So yesterday, last night, I wasn't at Bible study. Isabella went to Bible study. And at Bible study, several people came up to Isabella and was like, oh my God, I can't believe you gave away your shoes. Um, I can't believe you gave away your shoes and you flew home. You went to the airport in socks. And Isabella was like, yeah. If you missed yesterday's message, you need to go back and watch that. That's Isabella, though. If you know my wife, if you really know my that's her heart. Like, she lives, I mean, yeah. she she even pushes me, like, the, the way that she loves pushes me to want to love more and do better. And that's what we should do. We should provoke one another to righteousness, right? Uh, these messages that I'm sharing with you from the parables, and these are the teachings of Jesus, it should provoke you to righteousness. It should provoke you to want to do better. So let's do it. Let's do better. You and I, guess what? Put in the chat, I'm going to do better. I'm going to check my heart and I'm going to do better. I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material, and there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.